No longer an apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. Going to do a combined episode today. Let's call it UNC Weekend Roundup. Going to talk UNC football and women's soccer from the weekend. Uh, I'll do this pretty often, I feel like, just to kind of combine the sports all into one jumbo episode instead of two kind of smaller episodes, just so you can find all of the good feedback and analysis uh, in the same place in one episode. Uh, We'll start with football, then go to women's soccer. Uh, Let's just get straight to it. And then you'll definitely want to listen to my next episode that I will record right after this, uh, talking about fantasy football week one. It could not have gone worse. Uh, So hear me freak out about how horrible my teams were, including the worst loss I have ever had in fantasy football. But let's go to UNC Sports because UNC Sports got the wins over the weekend. UNC barely, another escape it seemed like, beat Georgia State 35-28. to UNC was looking good in the second quarter. They were up 21-3. Drake May was wheeling and dealing. Threw a touchdown to Kamari Morales, 55 yards. Threw another great throw, great catch to Kobe Pesor. That was 28 yards. And then all of a sudden, Georgia State started storming back. They scored 25 unanswered points to take a 28-21 lead. And we're thinking, oh my goodness, here we go again. This defense not being able to get consecutive stops just allowing an offense to run all over them. They ran, Georgia State ran for 235 yards. Drake May threw his first interception in the third quarter. Took him 11 quarters to throw a pick. I mean, there's nothing else we can say. I mean, he's going to make these mistakes. He's a he's a redshirt freshman quarterback and not throwing his first pick until the third game in the second half. I mean, there's nothing much else we can ask of him. This defense just needed to get some stops. And then thankfully, as the fourth quarter came around, we uh, Amarian Hampton, Scored a touchdown to make it 28-28. And the defense really stepped up in the fourth quarter. Uh, got a, a stop on third and six, third and three, third and ten. Stopping the run. Tony Grimes had a couple nice pass breakups. Uh, and this defense held on for just enough. Uh, and then Amarian Hampton would score another running touchdown earlier in the fourth quarter. Uh, and that would be enough as we would run out the clock with about three to four minutes left. Take the 35-28 to win and be 3-0. and So, yes, it wasn't pretty. Defense had their moments of good and bad. Same with offense. Uh, But when it mattered most, the defense got the stops that we have been demanding them to get in the fourth quarter. And they did that. And obviously the offense, uh, definitely more balanced. Drake May didn't have an explosion of a game. Uh, But like I said uh, in in past episodes, a win is a win. Uh, And the Tar Heels are 3-0. And and, uh, they'll play Notre Dame in two weeks. Now I'll go through, uh, obviously, the stats. Drake May, 19 of 24, pretty clean game for the most part, 284 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, the pick was just not a good throw, not a good decision there. But again, that's going to happen with a redshirt freshman quarterback. Uh, Omarion Hampton uh, was phenomenal in the second half, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Had that 58-yard scamper. DJ Jones, 61 yards and a touchdown. Actually, uh, Hampton was really bad in the first half. He caught a kickoff and just went out of bounds at the one uh, when he should have just let it go. That's another young mistake, but um, he really picked it up in the second half, showed us why he should be and is our lead back. Um, and then pretty balanced passing game again. Uh, Kobe Pesor, five catches, 73 yards. Morales had three for 71. John Copenhaver, two for 64. Gavin Blackwell, three for 37. Um, only 19, 19 completions, obviously, because we, it was pretty run heavy for, for the day, which I didn't mind, but good offensive execution. Good job by getting a couple scores when we went down 28, 21. I mean, we just looked 
pretty flat. Um, Drake May, it was it was his hardest time during the season. Uh, but let's talk a little more about the defense because this defense, we saw some similar patterns, but then we saw him finally snap out of it. And after Georgia State scored 25 straight points, it was reported that Power Eccles, while the defense is like arguing, goes up to each and every one of them and pretty much is like, enough of this. Let's let's get this thing together. He rallied the troops. And this is a sophomore. I mean, a first-year starter. Power Eccles gets the defense to come together. And they make some big stops in the fourth quarter. I think they had they caused nine punts on the day and then a blocked field goal. So 10, 10 possessions where Georgia State just didn't score. Um, and what was really impressive, uh, the, Georgia State uh, does a lot, of, a lot of run plays. They had... They had three carry, three ball carriers, including their quarterback Darren Granger, with 15 plus carries. Uh, they again they ran for 235, but with how much they ran the ball, only an average of four and a, four and a half yards. So good job by this UNC defense to kind of contain them. No monster runs like against App State. The longest run was 20 yards, and that was by Granger, the quarterback. So running backs didn't really explode um, for for anything massive. The secondary we, secondary was getting dotted up. Uh, I, I would say during Georgia State's kind of 25-point run, but Tony Grimes had some nice plays. I'm um, still not sold on the secondary, but I think Grimes was the one to kind of really step up. Uh, Cedric Gray was really good, 14 total tackles, 11 solo, two tackles for a loss. Um, Noah Taylor had one and a half snacks, one and a half sacks, I should say. Cayman Rucker had a uh, half a sack as well. So we're seeing some guys on the defensive line step up a little bit. We're seeing the linebackers do a great job. Power Eccles, uh, 10 tackles as well. So him and Cedric Gray really doing a good job to lead that defense. Uh, you know, Ben don't break. And I think uh, the defense definitely bent against Georgia State, and, but they broke against App State, um, but not this game. And UNC was never, even when they went up seven, it never really felt like a close game because we were able to run the clock out and the defense confidently uh, gave us some stops. Georgia State didn't even have a chance to tie the game up. They barely made it past the 50 in the fourth quarter. So good job for the defense. Uh, I would say a nice bounce back week for them because obviously we don't like that they gave up 25 straight points, but that's also on the offense. Drake made through an interception, uh, but when it matters most, when you need that stop, Players made plays uh, on the defense. Tony Grimes, Noah Taylor, Drake May, uh, and stopping the run game to prevent the passing game from opening up because Darren Granger, he had a 186 yards but three touchdowns, um, completed about 66% of his passes. Um, he was pretty solid for the most part. Again, the secondary still worries me, but I think the linebackers gave me a lot of confidence that this team, uh, especially going up against a Notre Dame team without Tyler Buckner, uh, he is out for the season with a shoulder injury for Notre Dame. This is not going to be the same Notre Dame team uh, that we have played in, in the past two years. So I think this defense is going to have another good chance to kind of you know, silence the haters and, and uh, shut down uh, any talk of them being a bad defense because they've showed signs of it, obviously. But uh, I think it was a step in the right direction in that fourth quarter. And honestly, that's kind of all I have for this game. It was a, a pretty, somewhat unimpressive, but also a good fourth quarter defensively. The offense came out on fire, I think. But after they scored 21 points, it was only 14 from the middle of the second quarter on. I didn't like that that much. But obviously, you're kind of playing a slower game. It's not a shootout. You're trying to run out the clock. But 35 points, uh, obviously nothing to snooze over. And, and Drake May is still having a fantastic start to the season. I mean, 
one interception. He's leading, I believe he's leading the country in pass yards and touchdowns. Yeah, 930 pass yards. That's first. 11 touchdowns. That's also first. Uh, 91.1 QBR. Drake May's still doing his thing. Um, and as much as we can talk about all the problems with UNC football, they're 3-0. and Good teams do find out ways to win games when they're not at their best. Bad teams would lose the games to App State and Georgia State. That's just a fact. A bad UNC team, maybe like last year, maybe they wouldn't have the grit or the heart to kind of persevere through some adversity like that. So I give them credit for that because uh, these Sunbelt teams have been giving a lot of programs a run for their money. We saw Marshall beat Notre Dame. We saw App State go beat number six, Texas A&M, number one recruiting class. I mean, these teams are no joke. I don't care that they're not power five. Um, So good job by UNC. They're getting, they've gotten tested, but they've withstanded the first test. Next test is obviously going to be Notre Dame in two weeks back here in Keenan Stadium. Hopefully I can get a ticket to that, but um, as of now, do not have one. Let's go over to women's soccer though, because they came off of a monster win versus Duke 3-0 in Durham. Very fun game. Like I said on that episode. And then they come out to Dorrance Field against UCF and not the start that you might have expected, although they do get the win 2-1. to one. Uh, UCF scored in the 24th minute. They struck first Ellie Marino, uh, a very good shot off the left foot, kind of like a half volley almost, but she took a touch and it went top right corner. Emmy Allen had no chance of saving that. Um, and I would say for the first time this season, UNC was getting dominated. They were getting outplayed. And UCF did that for the first 30 minutes. They were they came out as the aggressors. UNC came out very flat. Um, but then UNC, obviously, they regained their footing. Ali Sentinor came off the bench with a huge goal in the 44th minute. Her second goal of the season assisted by Emily Murphy. A great strike off her left foot to go into the right corner of the goal. Uh, goalie kind of just got stuck, got frozen. But uh, that's the second time this season that Sentinor has come off the bench and given the team a much-needed goal before halftime to especially for this one because this is the first time UNC uh aside from the five minutes in the UCLA game uh this is the first time that the other the actually yeah the first time the opposing team has struck first they were down 1-0 for the first time this season and Sentinor uh just like in the UNCW game comes off the bench gets us in this case the goal to tie it up and kind of make it like okay at 0-0 we can we overcame a rough start to the first half and then obviously 59th minute Avery Patterson you cannot give her space when she's around the 18 just inside the box right foot strike top right corner sixth goal of the season and that would be the goal that decided it all Tar Heels win 2 to 1 improved to 7-1 on the season the number 2 team avoids a potential upset because the the Knights they were they played pretty well they played UNC very tough they were pretty aggressive and and physical but uh, UNC obviously uh overcoming a pretty slow start uh very flat coming off uh, I would say like uh Avery Patterson had a, had a chance on goal like a one-on-one with the goalkeeper she scores that like nine out of ten times but just the, it was that tenth time it just she the went near post and the keeper saved it and then she couldn't get the the rebound in that's one that she converts a lot of the time uh, and I would say the biggest reason and even Anson Dorrance admitted this in the post game interview and you kind of saw some quotes on their on their Instagram and go heels 
but Sam Meza did not start this game. And at first I understood it, you know, Sam had a, I mean, a very good game against Duke. Without her, we probably don't win that game the way we did. So they give her some rest. They start her on the bench, but clearly in the first 20 minutes, the midfield was just not in sync at all. And especially after UCF scored that goal, we needed Sam Meza on the field. And once she came in, she changed that game. She changed the dynamic and the energy of the team. She was fantastic defensively, so much so that she actually won defensive player of the week as a midfielder. Guys, she is an attacking player. She is a center attacking mid, but she was running back there. Went, like just chasing players down, regaining possession, starting the offense. I mean, the, from what we've seen from Sam Meza the past two games, one of the most versatile midfielders I have ever seen play college soccer. It is extremely impressive. And the fact that it just rubs off on everyone else, she's the engine for this team. She's the energizer. Uh, and again, Dorrance admitted that bringing her off the bench uh, clearly a mistake, but very glad they put her back in. And she started in the second half, obviously. Uh, and, and we all know that UNC ended up winning. Um, but I mean, geez, guys, Sam Meza is just an absolute stud, an absolute baller. Uh, probably the best player on this team this season, either her or like Tori Hansen. Uh, but it's, it's amazing the difference that she has, not just on the midfield in terms of, you know, ball possession, 50-50 balls, uh, kind of that pressure that we put on opposing defenses to stay on their side. Because when Sam wasn't in in the first half, UCF was on our tar- uh, was on their attacking side more than we were attacking. First time this season that I've ever seen that. So it's just, it's insane the impact that she has on the game. Uh, and her, her play for both of these games uh, really helped us out even when she's not scoring goals. And that's the most impressive thing. She does not need to score or be involved, be even be involved in scoring uh, or assisting goals to, to be a good player and impact the game. So I think that's what struck me the most about that. But obviously, great to see Patterson score again. She didn't score in two games. But, I mean, <laughs> if, if Avery's, if she, has a, if she has a shot right or left foot and you give her any room of space, She's going to score. She's got the one of the best shots, if not the best shot, on the team. Uh, and there were a couple other chances that we had to score that could to make it three or four to one. So it's kind of like that um, that scenario of, of, you know, we had some chances, just didn't capitalize. But we did have 15 shots to UCF, seven, six shots on goal. UCF had four. But honestly, I got to give credit to UCF. They they played us very well. They had a, a big physical right back guarding Avery for most of the game. And she played and held her ground really well. That, uh, I mean, s- s- four shots on goal out of seven is pretty solid. I mean, we needed three saves in the second half. They kind of pressured us a little bit to the end. Uh, but again, good teams overcome bad starts. Uh, and that's exactly what we did. And now UNC starts ACC play versus Virginia Saturday night at 6 p.m. That's going to be a super, super fun game. Uh, and obviously we still have our, our injuries to the players that, that we've talked about, uh, but expect Sam as to be back in that starting lineup. And honestly, don't be surprised if, uh, Ali Sentinel gets the start. Uh, it seems like we, whenever we need that goal, she's always there. And, uh, the more runs she gets, especially coming off that ACL injury, then the better off she will be and the better off the team will be. Uh, so a, a pretty solid win. It wasn't obviously the most exciting of games, but 
Um, those are that that was a trap game in my mind. Coming off a game against Duke that is so high intensity, so much emotion, so much riding on the line for the rivalry. These players, I mean, especially with how many fans were there, to go from that to a Sunday afternoon at Dorrance Field where it's pretty quiet, not much of a student fan environment versus a non-conference opponent, that is a trap game. And they got trapped, but they escaped. And good teams do that. So you got to give credit to the coaching, got to give credit to Sam Meza and company to kind of uh, raise the spirits and bring the energy back up uh, because it wasn't looking good there for a second. But very happy they were able to come out with the win. We'll see how they do against Virginia. Virginia's a very good team. Um, so expect their, them to be back at full strength, hopefully. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for today's UNC weekend roundup. Uh, two great wins. I mean, field hockey, 6-0. and They took down two teams in California. I mean, com- a combined 13-0. and uh, for they well they won seven zero then six zero so thirteen goals in California nothing to complain about there that's like a free trip go uh, pick up a couple dubs we'll try we'll, I will try to cover them a little more uh, and then obviously I'm literally going to get this uploaded and then talk about the disastrous week one for fantasy football but for now thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.